Welcome to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Oh, hello, Kevin. Hello, Sarah. How you, how you been? I've been well. Hasn't been um, that long since I saw you last. No, it's Five a, minutes ago. Yeah, it would be at least that. <laughs> Welcome to Food Bites. Uh, my name's Kevin Hillier. That is Sarah Patterson with me and uh, this is our program and it's a beauty today. Well, we've got a distinct uh, radio flavour, haven't we? We have. Distinctly radio and, and a ch- distinct Chico roll flavour. Uh, in the food pile, yes, there is uh, there, there is definitely that. But let's talk about our guest. Yes. Uh, Ian Skippen is his name, a, a bit of a radio royalty in Queensland, in Brisbane, uh, for as many years as anyone can remember, Skippy's been on the radio in Brisbane. I'm very lucky to call him a good mate. Mm. Uh, never worked with him in terms of never worked in the same radio station, but we played in the same cricket team. <laughs> as you will hear. <laughs> yeah, we did, and it was good fun. And uh, from that uh, formed a, a terrific friendship that uh, probably the fact we didn't work together probably made the friendship well, better. <laughs> you make it sound like a very enviable uh, lifestyle back no, in the day up in Queensland. A couple of good mates, and it's uh, great to catch up with him. And he is someone who who loves being in the kitchen. Uh, He's uh, very good in the kitchen by the sound of things. Well, we vast him, and he said that that's apparently the case. <laughs> Intimidatingly so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'll get to Skip and then, of course, we'll get to our uh, food poll, which, as Sarah mentioned, is got I a roll. I can't believe that went over your head the first time I called it a Chico roll and you take issue with that because you say it's a Chico roll. I think because there's only a K and one C, it should be Chico. It's Chico. Well. Look. Well. It's, it's not Chico. It's not C-H-E. It's C-H-I. However. Chico. I digress. Chico roll. I've been, I've been eating these things <laughs> longer than you have. I know. I tell you what, the thing we put it up against generates some very, very interesting discussion. Yes, and we'll get to that later. But first, let's get to our guest, and that, of course, is Ian Skipper. You're listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Ian Skippen, uh, welcome to Food Bites. Thank you for uh, thank you for joining us. It's lovely. Uh, give us some of your time in retirement. <laughs> well, I had no option when the cheque arrived. <laughs> <laughs> you were just talking to us, Ian, about uh, sitting out the back in what sounds very much like an idyllic setting, very much like paradise, listening to the bird calls and just uh, kicking back. So where is home for you? Well, I'm in Brisbane on the north side. Um, it's called Bunya and it's... Um it's an acreage area, so we're on four and a half acres and the kookaburras are a wonderful alarm clock. Mm-hmm. Having spent years getting up to the jangle of something, uh, a kookaburra is a far better alternative. <laughs> many, years in, <laughs> many years in uh, breakfast radio uh, there. So uh, how's the old body clock these, these days? If the kookaburras aren't waking you up, do, does your body still wake you up? That would be a yes. It's something I have tried hard to break, but oh, golly, 40 years of getting up early just is part of your DNA. Not that it's a good thing because sleep in lack of sleep in, impacts your health, as you know. So, you know, broken nights are not good. And I've got my new Fitbit watch to show me, oh, you're in REM sleep or deep sleep for about an hour and a half last night. That's not good enough. Oh, Okay. Um, but what does your, what is your uh, Fitbit watch tell you about your prowess in the kitchen? Are you good in the kitchen? Am I good in the kitchen? I can spruik myself up big time. I love cooking. Oh. <laughs> I love being – I would cook most of our meals. Just my wife, Helen, is still doing stuff and I've got more time. But even when I was working full time, I still 
because I was up early, I was home of the afternoon and, you know, do the school pickup and stuff and I'd get dinner on while um, Helen was out working. So it worked out really well. But no, I, I've always, but I think it goes back to scouting days and learning how to cook. And mum was always cooking. So I was always around the kitchen and watching and, and learning and eating. Um, <laughs> but you know, I, I just love cooking. What kind of stuff do you knock up? Anything. Anything from you know quick things like uh, getting rid of all the all the leftover stuff in the fridge to make a uh, a Sunday night frittata, mm. you know, getting all the veggies that are thinking, oh, that's nearly gone. That capsicum, that zucchini, yeah, it's in the back of the fridge, and you always put your fingers <laughs> through. You know, it's like the surprise zucchini attack. So, yeah, anything at all. I just um, you know, I love Asian stuff, stir fries. I love um, Donna Hay. A lot of mm. uh, the that people now are doing tray bakes and, you know, one-pot bakes and all that sort of thing. And Otto Lange, I just love oh, yeah. um, all of his cookbooks. So, you know, I just, I'm a real sponge when it comes to uh, food uh, and, and, yeah, ki- uh, kitchen gymnastics. I've got a brother-in-law who just loves doing it as well. So there's probably a bit of competition now yeah. and again. Sounds like you're up towards the advanced level there, especially on the savoury side of things. Do you do a spot of baking as well? I have been, uh, oh, yeah, you do banana bread with about four or five ingredients. Mm. One of those is a banana. Um, so, <laughs> Handy. you know, that sort of thing. Um, but I'm not a big, uh, and I've done the occasional um, fruitcake for Christmas. Yeah, so I'm not big into baking, but I love um yeah, last night I did roasted beetroot with um, stuff, you know, just in the – and then made a salad out of that. Um, so, you know, I just – yeah, I'll, I'll try anything. So can you pretty much eat whatever you like or have your eating habits changed since the days of doing breakfast radio and, and now later in life? My – no, I, I'm, I can eat anything, really. I'm very, very lucky. Nothing really disagrees with me, so – but I go. I'm a, my wife calls me a fattest. I'm a great fattest. If there's a new book that's got something, a new diet that says, oh, "Okay, intermittent fasting is good." Michael Mosley's fantastic. The Clever Guts Diet. I do that. Intermittent fast till lunchtime. Uh, there's, well, you know, I'll just I've tried everything. So, um, you know, breakfast radio. I was doing. I'd have my muesli and yogurt and stuff like that. And then I made a when I come up, I'd have a, a grated zucchini omelet made on the. <sighs> On the good old um, the kitchen grill, like the um, yeah, the uh, what do you call it? Yeah, sandwich like, maker? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So quite, I do that. <laughs> quite a trend for that in our radio station kitchens, and doing your scrambled eggs uh, in the microwave. It sounds like that you uh, looked after yourself well, though, because there is a tendency when you work in breakfast radio to fall into some pretty bad kind of food habits. No, I was very disciplined, very, very disciplined, uh, and you know, I came from. Yeah, breakfast the most important meal of the day. Well, that isn't really the fact. It's not really true. You can intermittent fast up till midday. And as Michael Mosley says, it's like letting the road clear for the road workers to do their job without all the traffic being there. So don't keep loading food. <laughs> oh, that's so a nice he's... visual for everyone to have in their head. But good on you, Steve. <laughs> yeah. oh, and the exhaust, the exhaust still works at the end of it. <laughs> what about um, coffee? Did you need coffee to, to power you uh, through the shift? No, I was never. I was up and on. I just never needed. I never needed coffee. Uh, I did drink, but not after. Not early morning. After I'd finished work, I'd, I'd have maybe three double shot espressos up till midday, 
But uh, that sort of impacts on your blood pressure. But now the latest studies say even if you've got cardiovascular disease, uh, coffee is not bad for you. It's, it's mm. actually a good thing to give your heart a bit of a, a kick along. You're so actually the, you're, you're a bit like a, a previous guest on this program, Samuel Johnson. You're naturally caffeinated. <laughs> <laughs> well, some would say over caffeinated. You don't need, but I don't. I never needed anything to get me going. While I was on air, I used to have um, Japanese uh, Genma chai uh, tea. So because I found that the tea bag could sit in the cup for as long as you wanted, never got that uh, that bitterness about it. Yeah. And Japanese tea, I still have it now. Uh, I, I stopped drinking coffee, but then my wife said, we've got the semi-commercial machine there. She's an espresso person because I make a mess, apparently, making my coffee. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so the machine's now gone elsewhere, and uh, and I stopped drinking coffee. But now this new study that only came out last week saying, coffee is good for you, you can do it. So, I don't know. <laughs> that I'll wait for the next bag. <laughs> what about um, an alcoholic beverage? I thought you were about an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you finished that. Yeah, it's hard to have a few and sometimes a few too many. I, um, I love my craft beers. I do love a drop of Pinot Noir. Uh, I love a single malt whiskey. Uh, not all out of the same glass, by the way. I'll just keep yeah. going here. You're yeah, good. So uh, at the same time. And uh, latterly, a bit, a bit of gin, um, a sundowner of from some of these really good gins is nice with a bit of um, fever tree uh, tonic in it. So, yeah. Ah, you're in so a, I have a drink, yeah. You're in a wonderful uh, part of the world in terms of fresh produce and especially seafood. And um, when I first hooked up with Kevin and, and I first met his family up in Queensland, he took me to a wonderful place, his favourite place on earth, I think. It's the um, the Ashmore Steak and Seafood Restaurant where he got stuck into these barbecued Moreton Bay bugs. Oh, yeah. Um, and are you, um, are you a big one for seafood? I love seafood. I love uh, prawns, garlic prawns on the barbie, marinated prawns, um, Salmon. I, we have a lot of salmon. We're not so much big on on red meat, uh, and that's not for any particular reason. Um, we tend to have more. Now that our two boys are gone, they needed meat all the time because they're big hooers. Uh, <laughs> but you know, it's like you, they, they're never they're never full. Oh yeah, hollow legs. Uh, yep. Guys as well. So yeah, so we had to have a lot of red meat. Oh, you know, you have a steak. Go do this. We, we have a lot of plant-based stuff now, and it's so good. And I'm not – I've got a niece who's become a vegan, and you go, oh, my God, what are we going to cook when she comes around? Oh, bloody hell, bring your own. <laughs> but um, there's so many great vegetarian, stroke vegan recipes um, that are very, very tasty, and some of you wouldn't even know the difference. Is there anything you won't eat, Skip? Uh I've eaten a crap sandwich many times in radio. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like the taste of that. I could have said shit, but I wouldn't say that. <laughs> but if I find those hard to digest. Now, look, I'll eat, I've tried, I've had pig's intestines, I've had goat's penis in China. Um, so, no, look, I've had snake. I'll try anything. Fair enough. Yeah. Have you, I know. I don't know where the goat's penis has come into this, but do you have a sweet tooth, <laughs> Kevin? <laughs> I love. I love. I didn't find that sweet actually. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a bit salty. <laughs> um, 
and the goat didn't like it either. So, uh, I love gelato. Oh. I love I, I do love ice cream. Um, and there's so many different varieties now. The shops around and, you know, everyone's got a good rating or not so good rating. But I remember we did a uh, an artisanal food tour in, in Rome a few years ago and this artisan gelato shop and the guy got us in there and said, whatever you do, he said, you never go into a gelato shop where it's all puffed up and all got fruit, bits of fruit stuck into it. You go into gelato shops and you, if you can't see anything, if it's all undercover, that is the sign of a great gelato maker. Oh, okay. Because the, when they're exposed to the air, it does something to the and, and all the puffed up, it's got stuff in it to make mm. it puff up like that oh. and artificial stuff. So the artisans, and we got a few in Brisbane who um, who make stuff. It's all, yeah, in the old days you'd go to the, the milk bar and if you wanted ice cream, they'd have to open the top of the fridge and then put their hand down with the scoop into a stainless steel container. Mm. Yeah. But it's, all, it's all for a reason. It's because it deteriorates when it's exposed to the air. Even if it's under refrigeration and under glass, it's um, it, it's not good. So yeah, steer clear of those places. Ah, it's all very okay. scientific. There you go. But you there's just... some that are very, very successful, obviously, in yeah. doing that. You um just talked about the uh, the good old days, um, Ian, and I know you and Kevin go back a long, long way. Um, he was a good opening bowler. I had, he told we me played, about that before we, we started together. recording. Yes, but he said you two had some some wonderful times together. You you obviously look back fondly, both of you, on on those days. Oh, we had the most fantastic time. Well, Kevin was doing breakfast at a different radio station to me, and I was a little bit older, and I loved hair raising a bit. <laughs> and um, we ended up playing cricket, and we had so many great times. We had bloody good teams, actually. We kept progressing, and then the buffet decided to go down to Melbourne to meet you. <laughs> that's uh, right. That's why I came down here, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that the cricket team sort of fell apart. So oh. I was an opening batsman, and he was the opening bowler, and I was a, sort of a first change or second change bowler. So well, we had just great times, a lot of laughs, uh, very competitive, but just fun. Yeah, it was. It was yeah. good fun, and we used to terror- we, had great fun we used to terrorise some of the bowling clubs too on the way home, which was uh, which was because we, yeah, we, <laughs> well we did we'd pop in in our whites uh, and did we look like bowlers? So we we get immediately into the bar and be buying the oh. at that stage it was about seventy five cent pots, and we'd be knocking them over at a million miles an hour. Yeah, uh, but then we wouldn't drive. No, no, of course, of course not. not. No, 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 no. Very <laughs> responsible. Oh, goodness, money. And and does that um, active um, lifestyle continue today for you, Ian? Yeah, I love, I love looking after the container. I keep my blood in. Mind you, it doesn't make you bulletproof, which I thought I was until I, in my seventieth year, November twenty twenty, I had a what they call a non-STEMI. So I actually had a heart attack walking up Mount Cooper with a mate of mine. And I didn't even know. And he said, I said, oh, gee, I'm struggling. And he said, well, we'll go back. And I said, no, no, I'm okay. He said, I'm not going to give you mouth to mouth. Uh-huh. Oh, bloody. <laughs> uh, so we couldn't show his face because he's a dentist. So <laughs> up we went and uh, continued on our merry way. And anyway, I found out later because when you're over 70, you get a note to say, you get a free shingles vaccine. You shouldn't oh. get shingles. Mm-hmm. So my wife was ringing the doctor to say, oh, Ian's got to come in for his shingles vaccine. i got to do this. And by the way, he had this happen this morning at the price. She said, what? And so, subsequently, I end up there, ECG, 
uh, then blood tests and the, an enzyme release. It's a dopamine thing releases into your bloodstream if you've had something wrong with your heart. So I, it was slightly elevated. In the end, I get a, the next day, uh, or that day I'm in hospital. Next morning, they put a stent in. So I've got one stent for a 90% blockage, what they call the widow maker. Oh, wow. The left anterior descending. So, but I don't feel any different today to how I felt beforehand. I feel because I didn't even know anything was going on. But a girl said to me uh, from the angioplasty unit only in the last couple of weeks, she said, you had 90% blockage. You were one of the lucky ones because some people, that is it. That's the end of the game. Um, And, you know, when you talk about Warney and Rod Marsh and the uh, Kimberley Kitching in Victoria, the the big warning you get is dying on the couch or dying whatever. So... I was very lucky. So here I am, and I'm feeling fantastic. And I, I maybe have modified my drinking a little bit because of that. But so, what sort of perspective has that given you on um, on life? And you've just mentioned, uh, you know, that recently, just Shane Warne, Kimberly Kitching, Rod Marsh. I mean, it, it must must leave a, a big impression to think that you were, you know, ninety percent. That's a pretty that's a that's a huge number. Yeah. Well. I guess it makes you realise that, and blokes in particular, Sarah, and Jim Kevy can probably attest this, we think we're bulletproof until something comes along and it's come out of nowhere. And I hadn't had a stress test in years. I've, I've given plenty of stress tests, but um, <laughs> I didn't. I hadn't had one, but I was always thinking, oh, I'm fit. But fitness doesn't necessarily mean inside you are mm. fit. You don't know what's going on inside your arteries. You know, they now do calcium scores, and I, and I hadn't had that done. I, I have now because when they've done the angiogram, they go all through and they say, oh, well, you know, then that's how they find the block. So it gives you a perspective that every day is a bonus. But I always looked at that anyway. I've always been very, um, I guess, the stoic philosophy, like Marcus Aurelius and Epictetus and um, Seneca the Younger. They like about live now, this is the moment because yesterday's gone, tomorrow you have no idea, so live each day as if it is your last. Go to bed at night thinking, if I died tonight, have I done everything in this day that I could have done? Mm. So the next day you do the same thing. Make sure every day you are doing all that you want to do. Tell people you love them. Give somebody a hug. Get a slap in the face for doing it, but you know. (laughs) I shouldn't have done it to that lady in Queen Street Mall. <laughs> You're so right, though, um, Ian, about not just men thinking that they're bulletproof. They're also very bad at going to the doctor. Yeah, no, I'm not I'm not bad at that. Oh, but I only, go if I'm really, <laughs> I only go if I'm, if I'm feeling really crook, if there's something not right, you know. But now, well, can I say now, because uh, I've seen a chemist more than I've ever been in the chemist shop, mm. Uh, except when I was in my teens, I used to go on occasionally for things. Yes. <laughs> but uh, they always fell off. They were too big. Yeah. I had a time at the end of them. <laughs> so, I, um, oh so now because I've medicated, you know, you've got to take a statin and an aspirin mm-hmm. and the blood pressure thing. And I said to my doctor, I said, right, I've been reading up on all this shit. What I'm going to do, I can just do, I'm going to take it. I'm not going to take these things. I threw diet and exercise and um you know, everything in mindfulness, I'll, I'll be right. And she looked at me, she said, Ian, you're 76 kilos, you've got a good diet and you exercise, so what are you going to change? Mm. Yeah. Just take it. I said, what about the side effects? She said, you'll be alive. 
Yeah, <laughs> that's a good side the effect. The side effect is your breathing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not a bad side Anyway, effect. so, look, I just, I, I love life. I, um, the Japanese called Ikigai, uh, where the reason for living, like the joie de vivre, and the, but the Japanese have this term, Ikigai, and it's just, what, what I was saying before about the Stoic philosophy, it's just having that, that reason for getting out of bed in the morning and going. Full on, just go for it. Yeah. Hey, listen, uh, we've got to ask you this one. This is one of our favourite questions to ask people on this podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. You're having a dinner party at the at the uh, the mansion, the <laughs> the Hilton there in uh, in Bunya. Casa uh, Skippin. Any uh, <laughs> any anyone you can invite, uh, dead or alive, your your dream party dinner guests. Whoa, Gandhi would be one. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, Charlie Theron would be another. Mm-hmm. Joanna Lumley would be another one. Oh, she'd be entertaining. I love her to bits. Um, well, he's just gone, but and I've probably learned more about him in the last few weeks. Uh, and when Merv Hughes said on the service for or the celebration of Warney's life, Shane Keith Warren, he feels sorry for those who never met him because if he was good on the cricket field, he was five times better off the cricket field. Yeah. And I think, well... I probably had divided opinion on Warney. I love what he achieved on the cricket field. Uh, he was a bit of a goose sometimes off the cricket field. Not that we, you know, we all, can all do that. But um, he made no apologies for being who he was. That's Shane Warne. And that's, I think, yeah. So he would be one. Yep. How many is that? That's um, Four, I think. Four. How many have I got to have? As many as you like. Well, you have many as you oh, like. Many as I like. You're paying for it, so it'll only be one more, I reckon. <laughs> Bloody hell. <laughs> well, uh, Ed Sheeran. Uh, oh, okay. I, I got like the entertainment sorted. Yeah. Oh, and sorry, here's another one, but that's from one extreme to the other, Leonard Cohen. Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, really? Yep. I love Leonard Cohen. What a wordsmith. <laughs> just brilliant writer um, and just a brilliant performer. I just loved him. Okay. <laughs> I've found him so, I always found him a bit depressing. Yeah, well, that's what people say. I'll share a story here. Um, guys who run the entertainment centre and a lot of entertainment precincts who you work with at 4IP way, way back, Kevin, Rod Pilbeam and Harvey Lister. Yep. When the great Michael Ganinsky, Forever Number 1, was alive, he rang them and said to Rod Pilbeam in particular, Leonard Cohen is in the country touring. If you never see another concert, and you guys have seen plenty, make sure you go to the concert in Brisbane, see Leonard Cohen. And Rod Pilbeam said, Michael, I'd rather sit in a bath and slash my ankles. (laughs) So he did go to the concert, and he said, i got to say, it is one of the best concert experiences I've ever had. Wow. So I took that on board. It was funny. I didn't get to see him when he was here, but I read a review on Leonard Cohen Live in London, a two-CD set, and I was at the Abbot Reader Bookstore in West End looking for books, and they had a CD rack there. I'm just going, oh, bloody hell. I meant to buy this. Here's the Leonard Cohen two, Live in London, two-record set, two-CD set. I got it home, and it was the closest thing to being in a concert, and I just love it. My wife, on the other hand, she finds him, as you were saying, depressing and maudlin. But mm. I just... His words, Hallelujah, one of the most recorded songs ever. Oh, it's but a there's more song. to him. There's more than that to him. Just 
yeah, some fantastic songs. So I digress. This is about food anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> I think that would make a pretty interesting uh, collection of people for a dinner party. I think that's very some very interesting choices. Very good. I haven't even gone with anyone political there. Or oh, Gandhi, I guess. But, um, okay. yes. So there we are. There, that'll be all right. That's a, and then I have to put something vegetarian on, I guess. Something from um, plant you or plant food. Uh, they're two good apps, actually. Uh, or one's the, sorry, they're both podcasts. Plant you. Oh, sorry, that, this is a this is up against you guys. <laughs> a, a bloke called Simon Hill, who's an Australian nutritionist and physiotherapist, he does one, and it's all based around sustainability and um, eating plants for health and whatever. And the girl, little girl, does plant you as a Canadian girl who stumbled onto um, doing vegetarian or vegan food because her dad was diagnosed with um, stomach cancer and she decided, the family decided, well, they're reading up on stuff about meat and stuff, so they decided, right, we're all going to go vegan. Mm. Man, what what she does with scraps in the fridge and good food and good fruit and veg as well is mind-blowing. We might have to cap- get one or both of those on our podcast, yeah. Kevin. <laughs> or to follow, follow them on Instagram because when you start, you know what's like on Instagram, everyone's watching you um, do stuff. Big Brother's going, oh, Skip's just um, followed uh, Plant You, the little girl from Canada. So next one I've got all these vegan things coming. <laughs> yeah. I do a yeah. push-up by the end of the year. So suddenly all these uh, calisthenics and gymnastic things come through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, um, just to finish off, we normally ask our guests um, if um, – no, we've done the dinner party. I yeah. was going to say <laughs> – do you no, have – Hello? <laughs> I'm just bl- <laughs> blinded by Kevin's and your loveliness. I just uh, completely lost the uh, my direction. Oh, there. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say if um, you um, had a uh, kitchen or cooking tip to impart, what would that be? Ah, put garlic and chilli in everything. Mm. <laughs> and ginger. Garlic, ginger and chilli, bit of cumin, coriander, whatever. Oh, having, uh, having a fantastic, well, if you can't have a herb garden, make sure that you've got everything and don't be afraid of the things that you find in Otto Lange's cookbooks like Baharat and... Um, uh, What's the zatar and all those things because they add uh, Aleppo chilies, they add so much, and they're just Mediterranean and Middle Eastern flavors that you go, oh, or ducker. You think, oh, I'd never put that in something. Well, yeah, do it because you'll be amazed at the difference it makes. And also, when you're making a bolognese, don't be afraid to chuck in some um, pomegranate molasses and nutmeg into your bolognese sauce. Blimey. And (laughs) pomegranate molasses in your spag bowl. Yep. Yeah, you and a bit of nutmeg, Kevin. And when you do, and when you're doing your little carrots, or if you're putting carrots in your bolognese and your onions and your garlic and stuff in the start there, you can uh, you can do that off in milk. Do it in milk. It just does something else. It gives a um, a, a bit of a sheen to when you put the mince and everything else in. Oh, I've just given a recipe. This here. is a bit there next level, eh? and I'm a little bit uh, intimidated by your uh, no. <laughs> your cooking knowledge. I would, here. Look, I would. I would go to water if I was in MasterChef, i got to tell you. <laughs> I look at that thing, I, those young kids who are on it, the junior one, or the uh, the people who come on, you go, oh, my God, how the hell would you remember to do that? Or, but I know they do prep them, mm. but, um, oh, yeah. They're ridiculously would, talented, aren't they? It's they just... Well, they are. And I'm just, um, 
I love mucking around in the kitchen. So and my wife kind of says, why have you put that? Do it, that didn't need to get, Why do you put all that stuff in? Oh, look at you loading up everything. <laughs> and she hates ginger. I've got to put ginger in everything. Can't stand raw ginger. So, you know, when I make a ginger kombucha, the lemon ginger kombucha. Ginger free. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't do it. You know, you just got to do it. Yeah. Anyway, I'm, yeah. with, I'm with Helen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you need to get some ginger into your life. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're going to give you the ginger. Um, <laughs> go on. Kevin won't eat salmon either. No, Ian. I don't eat salmon. No. Yeah. No, no, no. Well, you know, having watched that, um, excuse me, sea spiracy, my God, I thought I'm never going to watch. I'm never going to eat salmon again because the artificial colouring that goes into salmon, in the farm salmon, and the disease they get from the farming, they're eating their own shit and everything, you go, oh, my God. Oh, no. Actually, <laughs> have you not seen? You, you should, well, see, I, I have, you should oh. see Sarah's face. She lives on salmon. That's priceless. I live on farmed salmon. <laughs> uh, that's priceless. Well, I love salmon too, Sarah. But it's, oh, um, yeah, I have when you look heard. At the, I, just, I just choose not to listen to something. And uh, you'll never eat calamari again if you watch on Netflix. My octopus teacher. Oh no! Don't. <laughs> this is a this is a program. We talk about it is the most, loving food. It's the most it's the most beautiful thing that you will see on television. My octopus teacher. If you haven't seen it, watch it. It is mm. just amazing. But then every time you um, want to have uh, some octopus or calamari in a fish and chip shop, you go, "Oh, geez, I don't know if I can do this." <laughs> Kevin looks completely. <laughs> I'm crestfallen Fallen. now. I'm, Sarah's off the salmon and I'm off the calamari. This is great. <laughs> Fantastic. Thanks, Skip. Well, the only thing about calamari, never eat calamari at a Jewish wedding. <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> All right. And on that note, uh, thank you, Skip. It's been lovely catching up with you, mate. Uh, good health and happiness to you, uh, and thanks for being on the show. Thank you. And to you too, 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 thank you so much for inviting me. Now you're down to the S's, you can go to somebody else now. Uh, <laughs> so there's a Silvani coming, isn't there, down in Victoria? We've got a nest of them. Thank you, Skip. Take care, mate. All the best, guys. Thank you. You're listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. There you go, Ian Skippin. Uh, you'll catch him uh, round, still round the uh, the traps, and hear his voice on uh, on commercials, and uh, does a oh, lot. It's of... lovely to um, make his acquaintance after everything I've heard about him, Kevin. He, he does an awful lot of uh, induction ceremonies yes. for new citizens uh, up in the Redcliffe area in Brisbane. So uh, very well known for that up there, and for his outrageous ties and shirts. Is that right? And he <laughs> sounds like he's got quite the idyllic lifestyle up there. Yeah, lovely. No, he deserves it. He's worked very hard to get there. Let's get to our food poll because this. You may couldn't believe it. Cause some controversy. Well, you couldn't believe what I put up against what. Well, because <laughs> since when did a chico roll and a summer roll live in the same bag? Well, they've got the same. They've got the word roll in them. What else do you That's want? That's the only similarity they have, as Terry Daniel points out. Chico <laughs> roll done in my air fryer. There's, yeah. the big, there's the big breakthrough. Yummo. Love how they give you the original bag to eat it Yeah, from. I do so too. Do I think I. that adds to the experience. I agree. Julie Brislin says, uh, both, it brings back high school memories of summer roll at the canteen at recess. I remember that. It's been years since I had a Chico roll and now I want one with my fish and chips tonight. Oh. Sarah Warmby says, Chico roll, love the outside, not the inside. Scoop out the guts. Throw some tomato <laughs> sauce on the shell and a pickled onion. Heaven. Now, how interesting does that sound? Scoop out the guts and 
not, I guess she means put the pickled onions inside the shell. Mm, not the only person that does that, as you'll discover. Is that right. Mm. Karen says, oh, now that's a difficult one, Pato. If I was forced uh, to choose, I'd have a Chico roll. Uh, I've never been a lover of either. Sue Hosking says, Chico roll, I was. Sesame bar girl myself. Okay. The other one. Marion says both. Sylvana says... Mmm, <laughs> chico roll. No, some roll. <laughs> yeah, she did too. Rebecca Kane says both. I was surprised by that because Beck's. Uh, I was surprised Beck was a chico roll. Oh, good, yeah. Uh, Rachel Smith says summer roll because they got a bit of meaty stuff. Yeah. They? <laughs> well, allegedly. <laughs> Rob <laughs> Elliott, our mate Rob, both chico roll first, always savoury and then sweet. So he's saying they have that and then dessert. Yeah. Michelle Smith says definitely summer roll. Really dislike the texture of chico rolls. Yeah, I a lot of that's, people feel that I way. I reckon that's the first time the word texture and chico rolls <laughs> been used in a sentence. <laughs> Steve Fuller, summer roll over a chico roll any day of the week. Lisa Ward. Says summer roll. Wendy, both. Uh, Audrey McMillan says summer roll. Davin, Nicholas, Kevin, your mate. Mm-hmm. Summer roll for him. Joe Formosa says I love Chico rolls. Kathy Bisher, wife of Eric, uh, producer extraordinaire Steve. Can I have both? She says. Glenn Rodder says Chico for me, Pato, but I do like them both. Uh, Bart Shaw says summer roll by the length of the Flemington Strait and his mate Butcher concurs with Mm -hmm. that. Uh, Joylene says both, yum. Uh, Lynn says neither. Charlene Brown says love both. Blimey, we've got a lot, Kevin. Stephen Tuzel says uh, there's no roll like a summer roll. That sounds like a sherbet song. Uh, Gizzy Bells is always both. Patricia, never been a fan of either. After giving it lots of thought, though, she says summer roll. Deb Murphy says not partial to either. Oh. Mm. Safi Shear, is that right? Safi is here. (laughs) Not even close. (laughs) One of those silly Twitter names, I know. (laughs) Uh, let's have both. Andy C says, bite the end off. Okay, so you bite, <laughs> oh. the, you bite the ends off, then you blow the guts back into the bag, eat the case only. That's the best bit of the chico. I have to admit, it is the best bit. Oh, my God. So he's on the same page as Sarah the, Warmby. The first thing you always did, uh, I, well, no, I explained at the end the first thing you do with a chico roll. I meant that the ends used to blow their own ends off, didn't they? Correct. Right. Joe Garrett, Dr. Joe, chico roll. Well, see, he knows. It's a, it's a, it's a medical opinion there. Uh, and he's got a stomach pump. Uh, <laughs> Vanessa says summer roll. Uh, Duncan. Mm, both. Okay. Darren Purchase. Now, you know Darren. Yeah, chef okay. extraordinaire. Darren says never tried either of them. That's un-Australian. Exactly. And Anne Peacock says, listen, Darren, try a summer roll, then make a cake, picky or slice with them. It'll be yum. Oh. <laughs> but uh, for Anne, it's definitely summer roll. They're a brilliant treat. Yuck, yuck, yuck to a Chico roll. I love Anne's responses. It makes it quite She's clear. Not, uh, you don't have to worry about where she sits. It's not on the fence. Oh, this is interesting. Stephen Quartermain says that they were both staple growing up in the 70s. Sadly, the Chico rolls these days are awful, he says. Mm, the, ones you, the ones you want in the supermarket you do in the deep fryer, yeah. in, in the air fryer, aren't bad. Stuart Sutherland says definitely the summer roll. Rebecca Madden says summer roll. Jan Mitchell says, well, when I was 18, both. Now I care about my health. <laughs> Matt Healy says, Chico every day. And I'm going to do Anthony because you're going to go on to Wayne. And Anthony says, Chico. This is, oh, this, I can't wait for this. This is where on SBS TV they bring up all those letters. <laughs> What's and, that? you know, some nudity, uh, foul language, <laughs> adult themes, M-rating. drug use, flatulence. <laughs> they, you know, they put that yeah. thing up uh, on SBS TV. They have every letter of the alphabet covered with something that might offend someone. We should have one of those for this. <laughs> you are forewarned. Wayne at his best. Here we go. I don't even know what a summer roll is. That's the most inoffensive thing he says in this whole thing. <laughs> 
From your picture, it looks like a hippie's poo as it seems to be filled with leaf mulch and other fibrous weirdness Mm. that any self-respecting carnivore would turn their nose up at. Well, it is a log of sorts. The Chico Roll roll should be the winner here simply for the posters of nice young Mm. ladies with motorbikes that adorned fish and chip shop walls as I was growing up. Sarah Jane. Lovely Sarah Jane. However... The reality of the Chico Roll is a bit different to the warm, fuzzy (laughs) memories of my youth. In my now grown-up state, I can see it for what it really is, and that is a greasy tube of leathery pastry-like substance filled with what your body forcibly expels after 12 pints and an ill-time kebab. The things are positively vile and should be classed as a chemical weapon by the United (laughs) Nations. And the flatulence caused – see, that's why I had that thing up from SBS – And the flatulence caused by consuming these mysterious rolls of grossness truly boggles the mind. I once remember getting off my motorbike and opening my leathers and having a stale mix of Chico roll, fart and body heat waft out. Oh, that's tangible. I can can imagine that. I thought... I was going to lose consciousness there for a while. <laughs> Even my dog Max, who eats his own poo for fun, had gagged a bit. Uh, <laughs> I've not been able to face a Chico oh. roll since, and I'm not sure I'm going to be able to face one now. Uh, if I were taking, <laughs> uh, if you were talking about a spring roll, then that would be another story. Oh, well, you know, I love a good fart reference. Kevin doesn't, but I do. <laughs> oh my gosh, taking off the motorcycle <laughs> leathers and it just yeah. waft. Oh. SBS doesn't even have a, a thing for that. The, He's captured it, though. He's captured yes. the moment beautifully. Um, the spring roll actually wins the poll. Spring roll? The, sorry, the summer <laughs> roll. Spring, yeah, the, the spring su- roll does win the poll. No one wants sorry, a chicken or a summer roll. The summer roll, the chocolate one. The summer roll Are comes, you up, comes up slightly in front Wouldn't of the chicken. Wouldn't have picked that in a million years. Only slightly, but ever so slightly. What's your – I know that – well, I don't have well, what do you do with the chicken roll? roll? When, when, when oh. we used to have them in the service station, Mum would deep fry them. I loved them. Yeah. And you'd get it, it, it mum would put it in there, you know, it'd sit up in the thing there for a couple of minutes after you pulled it well, out of the They were a lot fry. bigger then too, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, they were. And the bottom was like beautiful. Mm. So you'd Crispy get them, bottom. You'd get them in the packet, in the in the little slip thing that they put them in, the Chico roll bag, heavily salt them, and you get them, the first thing you do is you pull it out and you bite the bottom. Oh. <laughs> you bite oh. the bottom, then you put it back in and you twirl the bag around so as the bottom holds doesn't firm. Squinch but out. doesn't squinch yeah. out. But that's the first thing you do is you eat the bottom bit. Because that's the best bit. And then you eat the top off the off it and then you go through and eat it. The rest of it was sort of second ah. prize to the, the bottom and the top. I didn't know there was a Chico eating uh, protocol, but oh. that's very interesting. Oh, I've come from generations of Chico eating protocol people. Uh, that, <laughs> that is uh, Food Bites for another week. I would choose the summer roll if it were me. I think they're bland. Mm. Uh, you, might as well, like you might as well eat the paper they come in. I disagree. No. I like the coconutty-ness of them. No, if you want a coconutty thing, there's better things to have. Bounty. Coconuts. I had, a, I had a craving this week for cheese twisties. Where does that come from out of I nowhere? I noticed that because that's why there would be a big mega pack in the pantry. That's great. No, they're only little tiny weenie packs. Yeah, but a mega pack with lots of a, little packs. A mega pack of little packs, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Thrifty, I'm, you know, I'm thrifty. I'm very thrifty. Uh, but we look, we both agree. We both love a crispy bottom. Yes, and uh, and the Chico roll <laughs> has had a new life because of the air fryer. Yeah, yeah. Can't say the same about the summer roll. Anyway, <laughs> that's uh, food bites for another week. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll catch you next time when Nikki Buckley, can't wait. The lovely Nikki Buckley will be our guest. Thanks for listening to Food Bites. Check out our Facebook page for recipes, tips and all the latest news. That's Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier.